Chapter Twenty Eight of the Dark Other. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Dark Other by Stanley G. Weinbaum. Chapter Twenty Eight Lunar Omen. After a considerable interval, during which Nick held the girl tightly and silently in his arms, he released her, sat with his head resting on his cupped palms in an attitude of deep study. Pat, beside him, fell mechanically to repinning the throat of her frock, which had opened during the moments of the embrace. He rose to his feet, pacing nervously before her. "'It isn't a thing to do on the impulse of a moment, Pat,' he muttered pausing at her side you must see that it isn't the impulse of a moment but one doesn't abandon everything the whole world so easily honey one doesn't cast away a last hope however forlorn a hope it may be is there a hope nick she asked gently is there a chance left to us i don't know his voice held an increasing tenseness before god i don't know if there's a chance the very slightest shadow of a spectre of a chance we'll take it won't we because the other way is always open to us nick yes it's always open but we won't take that chance she continued defiantly if it involves my losing you honey i meant what i said nick i don't want to live without you what chance have we he queried somberly those are our alternatives life apart death together then you know my choice she cried desperately nick honey don't let's draw it out in futile talking i can't stand it he moved his hand in a gesture of bewilderment and frustration and turned away striding nervously toward the window whose blind she had raised he leaned his hands on the table peering dejectedly out upon the street below what time he asked irrelevantly in a queer voice did the doctor say the moon rose do you remember no she said tensely oh honey please don't stand there with your back to me now when i'm half crazy i'm thinking he responded it rises a little earlier each night or is it later no matter come here pat she rose wearily and joined him he slipped his arm about her and drew her against him. "'Look there,' he said, indicating the night-dark vista beyond the window. She looked out upon a dim-lit street or court, at the blind end of which the house was apparently situated. Far off at the open end, across a distant highway, where even at this hour passed the constant stream of traffic, flashed a narrow strip of lake, and above it, rising gigantic from the coruscating moon-path lifted the satellite she watched the remote flickering of the waves as they tossed back the broken bits of the light strewn along the path and then she turned puzzled eyes on her companion that's heaven he said pointing a finger at the great flowing lunar disk there's a world that never caught the planet cancer called life or if it ever suffered it's cured clean burned clean by the sun and scoured clean by the airless zero of space a dead world and therefore not an unhappy one 
the girl stared at him without comprehension she murmured i don't understand nick don't you pat he pointed again at the moon that's heaven the dead world and this is hell the living one heaven and hell swinging forever about their common center he gestured toward the sparkling moon path on the water look pat the dead world strews flowers on the grave of the living one some of his bitter ecstasy caught the girl she felt his sombre mood of exaltation i love you nick she whispered pressing closely to him what difference does it make our actions he queried there's the omen that lifeless globe in the sky where we go all humanity now living will follow before a century and in a million years the human race as well what if we go a year or a million years before the rest will it make any difference in the end he looked down at her all we've been valuing here is hope to the devil with hope let's have peace instead i'm not afraid nick nor i and if we go he goes and he's mortally afraid of death can he prevent you not now i'm the stronger now for this time i'm master he turned again to stare at the glowing satellite as it rose imperceptibly from the horizon there's nothing to regret he murmured except one thing the loss of beauty beauty like that and like you pat that's bitterly hard to forswear he leaned forward toward the remote disk of the moon he spoke as if addressing it in tones so low that the girl pressed close to him had to quiet the sound of her own breath to listen he said long miles above cloud bank and blast and many miles above the sea i watch you rise majestically feeling your chilly light at last cold beauty in the way you cast split silver fragments on the waves as if this planet's life were past and all men peaceful in their graves pat was silent for a moment as he paused then she murmured a low phrase oh i love you nick she said and i you dear he responded have we decided anything are we going through with it i've not faltered she said soberly i meant it nick without you life would be as empty as that airless void you speak of i'm not afraid what's there to be afraid of only the transition pat that and the unknown but no situation could possibly be more terrible than our present one it couldn't be oblivion annihilation they're preferable aren't they oh yes nothing i can imagine could be other than a change for the better then let's face it his voice took on a note of determination i've thought to face it a dozen times before this and each time i've hesitated the hesitation of a coward pat you're no coward dear it was that illusion of hope that always weakens one no one's strong who hasn't given up hope then he repeated let's face it how nick my father has left us the means there in the cabinet are a hundred deaths swift ones lingering ones painful and easy i don't know one from the other 
our choice must be blind he strode over to the case sending slivers of glass from the shattered front glistening along the floor i'd choose an easy one dear if i knew for your sake euthanasia he stared hesitantly at the files of mysterious drugs with their incomprehensible labels suddenly the scene appeared humorous to the girl queerly funny in some unnatural horrible fashion her nerves overstrained for hours were on the verge of breaking without realization of it she had come to the border of hysteria shopping for death she choked trying to suppress the wild laughter that beat in her throat which one's most suitable which one's most becoming which one an hysterical laughing sob shook her will wear the longest he turned gazing at her with an illogical concern in his face what's the difference she cried wildly i don't care painful or pleasant it all ends in the same grave close your eyes and choose suddenly he was holding her in his arms again and she was sobbing clinging to him frantically she was miserably unstrung her body shook under the impact of her gasping breath and then gradually she quieted and was silent against him we've been mad he murmured it's been an insane idea for me to inflict this on you pat do you think i could consider the destruction of your beauty dear i've been lying to myself stifling my judgment with poetic imagery when all the while it was just that i'm afraid to face the thing alone no she murmured burying her face against his shoulder i'm the coward nick i'm the one that's frightened and i'm the one that's broke down it's just been too much this evening i'm all right now but we'll not go through with this pat but we will it's better than life without you dear we've argued and argued and at last forgotten the one truth the one thing i'll never retract i can't face living without you nick i can't he brushed his hand wearily before his eyes back at the starting point he muttered all right honey so be it he strode again to the cabinet corrosive sublimate he murmured cyanide of potassium they're both deadly but i think the second is rapid and therefore less painful cyanide let it be he extracted two small beakers from the glassware on the shelf he filled them with water from a carafe on the table and while the girl watched him with fascinated eyes he deliberately tilted a spoonful or so of white crystals into each of them the mixture swirled a moment and then settled clear and colorless and the crystals began to shrink as they passed swiftly into solution there it is he announced grimly there's peace oblivion forgetfulness and annihilation for you for me and for him beyond all doubt the logical course for us isn't it do we take it please she said faintly kiss me first honey isn't that the proper course for lovers in this situation she felt a faint touch of astonishment at her own irony the circumstances had ceased to have any reality to her and had become merely a dramatic sequence like the happenings in a play he gathered her again into his arms and pressed his lips to hers 
it was a long tender wistful kiss when at last it ended pat found her eyes again filled with tears but not this time the tears of hysteria nick she murmured nick darling he gave her a deep somber but very tender smile and reached for one of the deadly beakers to another meeting he said as his fingers closed on it suddenly amazingly the strident ring of a doorbell sounded the more surprising since they had all but forgotten the existence of a world about them interruption it meant only the going through once more of all that they had just passed drink it exclaimed pat impulsively seizing the remaining beaker end of chapter twenty eight